Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back. We are live if you're on Facebook. It is Ohio Brew Week 2017. This has become a uh, annual event, I guess, for Cincy Brewcast. This is Athens Brewcast, Ohio Brewcast. I don't know how you... Uh, Ohio Brewcast, I think that's taken. I think somebody does that. Um, I don't know. I don't think they do it anymore. But, um, we, we're live, regardless. We are with every single brewery in Athens. Um, as a Cincinnati beer blogger, beer podcaster, beer drinker, it's always fun to come out here and to be able to get every single brewery in a community together and do one show. That I don't know if that's ever happened in Cincinnati. I don't know if it ever could happen in Cincinnati, so maybe I need to move to Athens. I think that's... Honey, I'm sorry. I'm not coming home. I, I'm moving. So, anybody that's listening... It's another really loud show. If you're live, I'm sorry. If you're not live, I'll fix it post, and it'll sound fantastic, and you can share this with all your friends. So we're going to run down the line here. Everybody can kind of introduce themselves, let everybody kind of hear your voice and figure out who's who. Hopefully they can figure out who's who. And um, tell everybody who you are and why you're here. Hey, I'm uh, Rick Arman with the uh, Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. I do uh, a statewide uh, beer blog and also uh, wrote the book uh, 50 Must-Try Craft Beers of Ohio that's coming out uh, later this year. All right. I'm uh, Cameron Fuller. I'm the owner and brewer of Devil's Kettle Brewing. I'm Sean White, and I'm the co-founder and head brewer at Little Fish Brewing Company. I'm Brad Clark, and I'm the director of brewing operations at Jackie O's Pub and Brewery. I think, I think we're good. I think everybody has very distinct voices, and everybody can figure this out pretty quick. So <laughs> it's it's always interesting when you're sitting here talking to everybody to try to wrap your head around this idea that people are listening to it afterwards without being able to see us, unless you're on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, hi. Um, so we're here for I don't know, a couple different reasons. I, I think um, I think Rick kind of tied this all together. Whether he realizes it or not, with this book that he's he's written about the the the, the fifty must try beers in Ohio, but at the same time, it's Ohio Brew Week, it's Athens. There's there's a whole lot of things that kind of that that, that make this show what it is. But we should start with with you and 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 what you've done kind of for Ohio beer and what you continue to do for Ohio beer. Um, I do I do something? <laughs> I know I drink a lot of Ohio beer. Is you, that what I'm doing? Helping the economy? You by do something. So drinking. without without shooting myself in the foot and making my wife realize that what we do is actually really fun, I know how difficult it is keeping track and and, and talking about the 38, depending on how you how you put it, breweries in Cincinnati. I have no idea how you manage to keep your head wrapped around everybody in Ohio and to keep everything straight. And I, I, I don't mean, know how you do it. I can't. At, at this point, I can't. I mean, early on, my goal was to write a story about every single new brewery that opened up in the state. And I did that for a little while, and then there was this incredible explosion, and now I, I can't. I, I mean, at one point... It was interesting. I think I was the only like beer writer at a major newspaper in the state, and then all of a sudden now you've got Cincinnati. Someone's covering the beer industry, sort yeah. of, sort of now. <laughs> you've got somebody at the Columbus Dispatch, the Toledo Blade, the Youngstown Vindicator, the the uh, Cleveland dot com, and the Plain Dealer. Um, so it's. I mean, it's really it, it's 
my job has become more difficult trying to figure out like who's opening where, but there's so many more people covering the industry right now that I have to rely on even other reporters around the state to let me know what's going on in their community. Does there come a point where it's almost impossible to do? Almost, I mean, Ohio is, is I don't, I don't want to say that we are above what other states are doing, because clearly there are other states that have way more breweries than we do. But there's something about this explosion that's happening in Ohio and that growth rate and that, that, that ability to keep up with it, I guess. is there Does there come a point where it's not possible to keep track oh, of it all? It's, it's not possible now. I mean, it really isn't to try to do it justice. Um, I rely a lot on brewers finding me or letting me know about what's going on just because they know me from, you know, writing about them before. But... I got contacted by a, a brewery out of Hamilton, a new one, saying, hey, we're going to open. Would you mind writing about us? They just happened to find the blog that I do. Is that Simple City, I believe? Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, that, that's kind of how I rely on folks, like even readers who send me tips about, hey, this place is opening in Sylvania, this place is opening here or there. And then obviously I keep track, too, of all the uh, the brewing permits filed with the Ohio Department of Liquor Control. Right. Uh, so with this, this new, you know, you, you wrote the book on Ohio breweries, you know, literally. I, it's, it's, I, you have a book called Ohio Breweries. Ohio Breweries, <laughs> yeah. And it, at the time, went through everything that was available and right. I, you know I, I don't know how out of date it is now but i assume pretty well let, let's just say it came out in in uh the end of 2011 and there were 49 breweries and that included like sam adams and anheuser-busch and um you know the miller cool Coors place and now what are we pushing 240 or more brewing licenses in the That's state insane. so i'd say the book is a bit out of date at this well, point. Well, even, even at this table, it, you've got what, one brewery that was open at this time. Right. <laughs> we were the 24th. You know, it... Ohio as a whole is not necessarily that different from the United States, but at the same time, it... it, it well, it's, I mean, it's, it, it is to a certain extent because, I mean, we've got major population centers here, too, because some of the other states are around... I mean, you're looking at the big three C's here. You've got Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, and then you've got Toledo and Dayton and Akron and Youngstown, where there are really good mid-sized cities as well. So I think that that's helping fuel this explosion here, too. Well, you know, looking at you know where we're at right now, Athens, right. you know, a city that has a population of whatever it actually is. I, I, I've never gotten an actual answer on that because I don't think anybody actually knows, but... There's three breweries and a, a, a cidery. Is that a, is that a word? Cidery. I, I don't know anything about cider. Yeah, you know, like, cider house. Here, and it's Athens. You know, and, and you walk into any mid-sized city, and they've got a brewery that's right there in, in, in the heart of it all, or somewhere close by that you can get to. Like it's just it's just, it's a whole different world from from I know when I started, which was not nearly you know when you started. Like it, it, I don't know. It, it, but again, we've, we, in like Dayton and Cincinnati and even Columbus, we've gone from like zero to 60. Right. Like that, and just in a snap. So it'll be interesting to see now, you know, we're seeing the rise of 
neighborhood breweries in the in the big cities and then also we're seeing an incredible rise of rural breweries and also uh, kind of the winery breweries that are really exploding right now so I I don't see an end to this either right. well, and it's it's shifting it's changing it's becoming something different but it's you know I don't know I, I, so you, you wrote the book on Ohio breweries and now you've written this this new book which yeah i've got a new book that hopefully is coming out in uh september ish we have to put ish i always say ish when people give me dates on the show well that's why i didn't say a specific (laughs) date um but it's now supposed to be around september and it's going to be the 50 must try craft beers of ohio it's really uh profiling the stories behind some of the coolest uh beers in the state so how do you decide what are the 50 of the must-try beers in a state like I get, Ohio? I get the thousands of beers in a room, and I drink them until I fall over. <laughs> no, I, you know what? It, it's a, a process of just being able to know the brands, know the brewers, know the, the breweries. It's also, um, I relied on help from the brewers even to make recommendations. When I first started, you know, doing the research, I like put requests out, hey, anybody know great beers out there to try? And again, these beers are, they're not only like superior beers, but there's beers in there too that are just like offbeat and weird. It doesn't have to be like a a beer that, um, you know, has a 100% rating on well, you know, so, and I, I assume you get the question. You guys feel free to chime in whenever you want. We don't, yeah, sorry, you know, this I'm is, not. no, this is not a. You're doing great, Rick. <laughs> so, I know I get the question a lot of what's your favorite beer, what's your favorite brewery, all that stuff. And I assume that you probably get that too quite a bit. Right. And, 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 I mean, to me, it, it, it boils down to those stories and to, and, and I, I don't know if I'm in a unique position to get to talk to, to more people that make my beer than the average person does, or if I just have kind of put the time into it and I show up at a lot of breweries a lot of different times. But um, to me, it's sitting down in front of somebody and talking to them and finding something that gets them excited and something that, 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 that has something else behind it. I, you can walk into any brewery and try an IPA and it's well, I won't say any brewery, but most of them are pretty good. But if you sit down with the person that made that beer and you hear the story about why they made it and what gets them excited about it, it makes it taste better and it, it lists it to this other kind of this other place for me. And that that makes it hard to, to narrow that down and to say these are the fifty hundred whatever beers that you you have to try in Ohio. I mean, it it is. It's difficult. I mean, and it's not. Um, it's not an objective type process. So, I mean, it was. It was tough. So, and, and I mean, the, the three guys who were sitting here, too, I mean, they all have great stories, you know, behind their breweries and beers. There's always a great story. Are they all in the book? Um, yes. They're all mentioned in the book. Oh, thank God. If one of them wasn't, man, we the... <laughs> so, like... You know, for you, and, and we'll, we'll get to everybody here and try to kind of um, shift topics organically, I guess. But, um, you know, for, for you specifically, you talk about experiences and you talk about what makes a beer memorable. Like, you know, what, what are some of those stories for you that, that stand out in the time that you've been 
writing about beer and, and drinking beer just in this whole world. Well, I mean, it, to me, like you said, beer is about the experience. I mean, there's, there's a reason that, um, you know, I'll occasionally have a red stripe because when I have it, it takes me back to um, drinking on the beach in Jamaica. I mean, it's, it's that type of experience that, that beer can bring to you. And, I mean, here, you know, when I have Jackie O's or, or when I'm able to get um, Little Fish, I know Devil's Kettle doesn't distribute up near me. Um, but Yet? It, <laughs> but it does. You know, when I drink those beers, I've got to I reflect on the great experience I've had, you know, down here in Athens. Well, and that, you know, it... There is something about that, you know, even, you know, Jackie O's or, or Little Fish, we're starting to get it over, you know, well, Jackie O's we've always had in, in my world, but, you know, Little Fish, we're starting to get it. I can find it on shelves now if you go to the right places. And when I pick up some of these bottles, like, it does immediately, you know, it takes me to, you know, Brew Week last year, which was my first experience, well, my first experience being here and, and, and seeing, you know, Jackie O's and Little Fish and Devil's Kettle and, like, it, 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 it immediately puts me into this different kind of mindset of the beer. You can, you can pour me an IPA, and it's an IPA, but you can, I don't know, it ties you, if you can capture that other aspect of what beer is, like, there's, there's something else to all of this that is... Well, but I mean, there's, and also there's great stories behind the beer. And I mean, again, maybe this is like a good transition to, like, go into the brewers, but I mean, the Jackie O's Berliner Vice is featured in the book. And, I mean, Brad's got a great process of how he produces that beer that he could get into and the, the reason that it's, it's featured. Well, and that's, and that's a great point. We, let, let's, you know, so you're, you're, you're Berliner and, you, and your goes, I'll put that into the, the same kind of category because they're reefs pretty close together and they, they, they fit together for me. You can put them in a lineup of 100, 200 different Berliners and Gozas and they're not that far off. But as soon as you start talking about it, and as soon as you start understanding, and as soon as you start focusing on it and start figuring it out, it does separate it into this other category. And the, 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 the idea behind it, you know, the, the kind of the idea behind the whole sour program here, yeah. does separate it and put it into something else. So uh, with, with our sour program or... Our Goza, our Berliner, uh, one of the main things that we're doing is that we are not kettle souring any of them. Um, all of them go through um, a primary, well, our, our Berliner and our Goza go through a primary mixed fermentation. So we're utilizing uh, Lactobacillus, Britannomyces, and some Saccharomyces strains uh, during primary fermentation to uh, create the whole um flavor and aroma profile of those beers uh that initial fermentation takes about one month and over that period of time the ph of the beer drops to 3.2 which is actually pretty pretty sour um once that is done we then transfer that berliner weiss that initial 20 barrel rip that we do and we transfer it into a 60 barrel tank and then we refill it with another pitch of wort we do not clean in between. Uh, we don't even repitch. We just go what we call cake on cake. Uh, so just repitching back onto the yeast. We use no temperature control. It sometimes gets into the mid 90s. 
Um, and then once that fermentation is done, a month later, that blends in with the other one. And, uh, and what that does is it ensures consistency of product um, and also allows uh, a little bit of leeway on our end that if there is some perpetual motion, let's say an increased acidification, uh, we can increase IBUs on subsequent batches to help inhibit some of the lactic growth and uh, ensure that we have a consistently uh, a consistent tasting Berliner and Goza every time. Um, Why? Like, you know, there are God knows how many kettle soured Gozas mm-hmm. and Berliners that yeah. are, for all intents and purposes, yeah. more popular than anything Jackie O's They're has cheaper. done. Yeah, that's for sure. So why? Like, why go through all of that? Because it, it, it's, it creates a round product. Um, you, can, you can make a kettle sour that is clean, that is tart or sour, that is enjoyable, um, but it, it's going to be... It's going to be kind of one-dimensional unless you add fruit or some sort of flavoring. Um, and that's because of contact time. Uh, depending on how breweries are kettle souring, it could be as little as four hours or as long as 48 hours. Um, but with ours, it's getting like 60 days. So, I don't know. It's a lot of hours. Um, <laughs> Somebody do the math quick. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, that's what's creating like a roundness to it that it you know it has edge you know it it, it's not just like sour you know there's there's a little bit of funk to it um the acids are able to rearrange themselves so it actually creates body with also being pretty much bone dry um there's fruit hints there's all these different things but it's it's almost more of a wild ale than a berliner um to be very kind of honest about it and the fact that we do this whole Solera method it, with it is maybe a little over the top. So, well, so talk about that a little bit, too, because something that I, I know that a couple places are doing, mm-hmm. but, it, again, it seems yeah. seems like it doesn't make sense. Well, I, I started so, doing kind of, it. Kind of explain, yeah. explain what the Solera is. I, I don't know. If, so I started doing it in 2011. Um, so a while ago, um, to, to think back that far at that point in my brewing life or life, I'm not too sure if I can pinpoint exactly why I started doing it that way, but I was probably reading about, uh, so Solera methods, which is basically you're, you're filling something up, taking a little bit out, adding a younger, uh, version of it and then waiting and then removing that out. The idea that the that the mother culture is always part of every single subsequent batch. So we started doing this at the brew pub. We're still doing it. And those tanks have still never been emptied over six years. That's cool. And, um, and so that's what we then started doing here as well, just on a larger level. But over time from doing it, especially doing it on this larger level, the benefits of it that we have found is that product consistency. And also... Um, if there is perpetual motion, it is slow, and um, and so it almost just blends into itself. And as as us being brewers or even the consumer, it just is a slow. You, you know, it evolves slowly. Right. Therefore, it's not like any batches are wildly different or anything of that nature. Um, so there's been some production um, benefits from doing it that way. 
but also I don't think that we could we could make the same Berliner without doing it now, and maybe that's just because we've been doing it for six six and a half years right. now, or if I'm just stubborn and, and believe that <laughs> or a little bit and of both. I don't, maybe. It doesn't matter either way. I don't <laughs> I, think. <laughs> well, but I feel like some of the some of the things that make it all as fun as it is. Part of it is the stubbornness of some brewers versus others and their insistence on doing things ways that they know makes sense, that yep. may not be the most cost-effective, that may not be the most time-effective. But that, the opposite thinking of that is what gave us the big macro beers that we were faced with for so long, yeah. is that people stopped thinking that way and stopped doing things the ways that they knew were quote unquote right that gave you that price so I, I, I don't know you, that, that's a whole other topic that we could yeah. get on but um, let's let's let, Sean let's talk about you um, you also and kind of going on the whole Berliner Goza thing here what, what I and we talked about this a little bit last year when, when I talked to you guys that what I think is so neat about Athens is that there's a little bit of funk going on everywhere. Everybody likes to kind of play around and experiment and do things a little bit differently. Like in, in you know, in Cincinnati, it seems like we've gotten this this trend for the most part. I mean, there's there's those people that are funky to their core, but people open up and they do things very traditionally and then kind of expand off of that. And 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 what I love about you guys here. So there's there's nothing traditional about the brewing scene in Athens. You guys all pretty much from the get go were willing to experiment with with bread, with with, with 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 sours, with you know that kind of stuff. So you um, you've got Little Fish. I do. Um, <laughs> kind of co-owner. Kinda, I've got a partner, Jimmy Stockwell, kind of well. who has a fabulous beard. Um, <laughs> yes, he does. Um, can we? Like, like, if you can kind of wrap it up in a a sentence or two, like what that philosophy of what you guys do there, because it's it, it's a unique kind of place that I I've never been to a place like that before. I know that they're out there, but um, so ten, ten seconds, sentence or two. We, we like to um, we have a focus on farmhouse ales and sours, barrel aged type beers. Um, but we also love to offer like a more traditional range of beers on draft only. Um, we are really passionate about brewing with local ingredients, uh, going down to uh, the malts that we use, being from Ohio, malted in Ohio. Um, we're working towards more and more hops grown in Ohio. We like to play with indigenous ingredients. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, um, I guess I, it's it's fun to hear um, Brad talk because I mean I don't know if you guys know but we work together you know I worked under Brad for two years at Jackie O's before and um, you know the Berliner Vice story reminded me of I mean you know that was fully led by Brad but I remember when he was putting in those uh, those cultures yeah you know? you handled that program <laughs> for years yeah, yeah. It, and, yeah. and it is unique <laughs> it, it really was. Um, so, um, yeah, just getting back to that, you know, I, th- I think I took away from Jackie O's probably an even bigger spirit of adventure than, uh, than going in with and just like realizing just like, and, and, and you know, um, 
and the pub at Jackio's, I mean, if you want to brew there, you got to be able to deal with some adversity, right? Like, it's a tough place to brew, but like, it opens up the, like, your own strengths and like, what you are, what you feel and know that you're capable of doing. So, um, yeah, I just. You guys have, uh, with, with Little Fish, I feel like you've tapped into some kind of farm to fermenter kind of idea that, that, I mean, it fits in with Athens perfectly to me. Like it, 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 there, there, there isn't a lot of places around that have really. You guys have apple trees. You have hops growing. You've got all that stuff right there on your property that make their way into your beer. On top of all the stuff that you're getting from other places in Ohio, like it's, it's again, it doesn't really make sense in a lot of ways for. The, the logic behind it, but it makes sense in this other side of it. It makes the, it, 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 it's that story behind the beer and it's that experience that makes craft beer different than everything else. Like it just. Sure. Um, well, so we've only got about two acres out at Little Fish, including only. the building and the parking lot and everything. So, um, it is not as much of a farm yet as I would like it to be, but, um, a lot of that, influence and the ideas I would attribute to actually um, other local businesses that I grew up seeing in Athens. Um, I, I grew up here and, um, you know, just uh, businesses that really prioritized, um, you know, local and seasonal ingredients in their, in their foods. I'm thinking of food businesses right now, m- mostly, um, and just sort of seeing, seeing the value of that. Um, and I guess... Um, you know, I have had a chance to, to work at some different breweries um, in different parts of the country and kind of just see, like, what a lot of different breweries are doing and, and gather inspiration in a lot of different ways. So, I mean, we definitely, like the, like the you know, so-called farm at Little Fish, I mean, it's, it's not much yet, but the, the potential is there. You know, over the years, we'll be putting in more and more actual fermentables and flavor ingredients that can go into beers. Um, and so that's that's the vision, and you know when you start a business, um, that just doesn't happen overnight. So um, unfortunately, that kind of stuff gets put on the back burner sometimes when we just need to like brew beer or like run the tap room. But it, it, it's all happening. But I mean, um, absolutely, you guys have only been open what two years? Yeah, we just did two years. I mean, yeah. like, to look um, at at where you're at in two years, it's insane. I mean, Jackie O's was. Where were you guys at two years? You know, like it just uh, like, yeah, it was, we did <laughs> maybe maybe three hundred barrels. It's it, it. yeah, you know. But on, on the farm note as well, um, Jackie O's has had a farm for seven years, and we're we're still trying to figure it out. It's a it's a difficult thing to like wrap your head around, but you know, yeah, you keep you keep figuring out what works and what doesn't. Anything that's like an agricultural crop too is right. just. Some years are good, and some years it, it does nothing. You know? Isn't that what makes yeah. it fun, though? Like, it, like it, part you know. of it. It's also there's the business side of it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, none of us care about that part. Of it. Passion, right? It's all about passion. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The agriculture is fun, but um, yeah, it's even even something like the hops, for instance. Um, like from a from a cost analysis, it probably would just be like way. Uh, cheaper to just like buy some hops from someone, right? Yeah. Uh, but you know, maybe someday that'll that'll really come to fruition, and and we'll get those hops really yielding well. And um, and the value is is beyond the amount is is beyond just the fact that we can put hops in beer. 
it's like the whole experience people can get when they come there and they can see you know the the products that are grown there and that go into into all beers and um and they can you know roam in a natural environment i mean we just want people to be happy and relaxed and get to check out some nature and um get to drink some nice beers well and you guys have a fantastic space there with a you know, you say you only have two acres, but you know, for a lot of places in Ohio, that's that's a pipe dream to have two acres of space to have a beer garden and all those things. And you guys have a killer beer garden, lots of covered space. If it's hot outside, you have you know beautiful seat. Like it's 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 very different than the places that I hang out on any given weekend. So, um, Cameron. Well, thank you. We're <laughs> working working our way down to you. You have a very different place than either one of these guys you walk in and it's not necessarily farm focused it's not it's not jackie o's where you walk in and it's a it's a pub and that kind of atmosphere it's i mean so much of i embody kind of the the atmosphere that my brewery's on. So, I mean, I'm on a bit of the outskirts of town. I'm in the more industrial part of town. So, you know, obviously I kind of, my building has that look. I've done everything to try to make it look a lot nicer. It's gorgeous. Um, I've really... Uh, uh, inside. Just, well, inside <laughs> and outside. If you haven't the been patio, by it yet this year... The patio is fantastic. Oh, I stopped oh, man, if you haven't been by it yet this year, I've done a hell of a lot this year. It's uh, You won't even recognize it from it's, last year. So I encourage anyone who's... I came here last year, came to Devil's Kettle and said, well, the beers are good, but, you know, it's a little uh, bland or whatever looking. <laughs> like, You know, I started with nothing at that place. Uh, my whole focus when I first started the brewery was put all the money I have into the brewery because ultimately I'm here to make beer. Like making beer is my passion. And, you know... If my place looks a little crappy and run down, well, I can fix that up. If I'm making crappy rundown beer to start with, well, then I'm screwed. I'm not going anywhere. So, you know, making good beer from the beginning, I've been able to reinvest it constantly. And, you know, we got an awesome, huge solar array that, honestly, I haven't quite figured it out. But <laughs> Jackio's might be the only array that's larger in town um, than one I got. I mean, the... But but all three of the breweries in town here are yeah, getting yeah, power yeah, from so, like how crazy is that? Every brewery in your city is 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 into the solar power. Like like it just it's stuff that like way bigger cities haven't even begun to think about yet. And you guys are all right there. I, when I pulled into the parking lot today because I, I I stopped everywhere. I did the biggest Athens brewery tour ever and did not get arrested for anybody that's listening. Um, but I, I went to the mall and it's, it's leaps and bounds from what it was last year, which I assume was leaps and bounds from what it was the year before. I know you guys were all, well, not all of you guys, but you two were both just opening the year before that. You know, like it, it just, it's so, so different and so fast and so... I, I, I guess that's the story of of craft beer in Ohio right now. But Athens has always been kind of a progressive town. You think about a lot of different programs as far as like curbside recycling. Athens was the first community in the state of Ohio to have curbside recycling. Um, It will go on and on. If you look at our farmers market, it was one of the one of the first outdoor ones. It's one of the largest ones in the state of Ohio. You look at the diversity 
get back to the breweries, the diversity of the beers that we're making between three breweries in this community, and it's it's more diverse than I would argue Columbus, Absolutely. Cleveland, or Cincinnati. Absolutely. And people will argue against that, but there's only three of us, and you'll find a larger diversity of beers across our three boards than anywhere else. And I don't... It's, it's, it has to be Athens that actually crafts that. And it's also probably, you know, the, the competition between us and the fact that we are pushing each other um, all the time and watching you well, you, know, each you, other and being inspired. You but couldn't open a quote-unquote normal brewery here. You couldn't open a place that just had those standard five taps and didn't it's care, not boring didn't, in didn't, Athens. Didn't care no about solar about power yeah. and didn't care about, like, like it, it just, it, it wouldn't work in this atmosphere. And again, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense. That's the thing that just gets me so, when I walk into if Athens. If you don't live in Athens, it might not make sense. But, that's, but if you live here, it almost seems like second nature, you know. It's, it, it, it's yeah. crazy the way it works to me. I mean, like, you, you walk into this, this, this town that's, you know, I, I talked about it last year but my wife's from from oxford you know miami university it, it feel athens feels like oxford but athens is not oxford like it's it's very like you walk in here and there's something else that's like that's rooted in this city that doesn't make sense but it at the same time it does like it just it's it's who this city is and it, it permeates into definitely you guys and i assume the other businesses too oh yeah um Again, I haven't spent enough time here to really say that for sure, but I, I, I assume that this is just some kind of culture here that just, it is, you know, it, it's, it's Athens. I, I don't know. So Cameron, I, I put everybody else on the spot and made them describe themselves in, in a sentence or two. Can you describe who Devil's Kettle is? Well, yeah, it was a little bit funny when I heard you earlier say that, like, nobody's traditional. Um because I actually do kind of embrace the tradition more so than any other brewery in town. Like, I'm really proud of making my German-style lagers. Um, and, you know, find me another brewery in all of Ohio that has, like, five or six lagers on at a single time. Like, I don't know if anybody has that many lagers on at a single time. Um, so I do a lot of that. But, you know, it is true. I do mess around with the funk. I mess around with barrels and all that stuff. So, you know... Um, I embrace the tradition, but I am ultimately the heart of a home brewer. Uh, so I'm honestly just, you know, having fun with brewing all the time. And if I have a little spark of inspiration, um, I'll just run with it and brew something new. Um, I don't have really, I think I have like two or three beers that I've had on from the beginning. And besides that, I'm just constantly screwing around creating new beers all the time. What what's got you excited lately? Oh man, um, I had a, I had a killer English mild today. Yeah, I'm a, that I wish everybody would brew. You guys, you know, take that to heart. Yeah, you know, the, <laughs> I the love milds English milds. It's Cameron's. It's Cameron's got <laughs> I love them. I mean, no, I actually don't encourage the other guys to make milds because uh, nobody buys them. <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> Yeah, beer nerds buy them. It's pretty much like it's actually the reason why I just released it this week because I'll probably sell as much mild this week when all the beer nerds are in town for Ohio Brew Week as I will in the next like two months. Um, when I was sitting in the tap room, I heard somebody mention that there was a Bach that just left the taps, yeah. which again gets into the you know I guess nerds drink box and everybody else doesn't, but. I love Bach beers. <laughs> it broke my heart to know that there was one, and now it's gone. 
<laughs> so yeah, if you're into traditional styles like uh, English, mild, um, I got an ESB coming out soon. Um, you know, there's all sorts of loggers. Like, that's what I do. Um, the, the unfortunate part is there's almost an inverse relationship between how much I like a beer and how well it sells. Um, so we've, we've talked a bit about that on the show with a few different places around. You know, there, there are these styles that brewers love that then don't sell. I know Saison typically is one of those things. You know, the, the bitters are typically in that category. Um, like it, these things that, that, that people love that then the man, well, that's not an IPA. And they, you know, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the, the community is here versus, you know. Pretty much everybody just wants it hoppy or sour. Right. And if it's not hoppy or sour, eh, you know what? It's got its niche and that's it. <laughs> it. It breaks my heart to know that. I know it does. That's, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to disagree with you. I don't, I don't think it's quite that simple. I think that there are, there are people that really, I mean, I, I totally know, I totally know what you mean. I really do, but I, I think at the same time, there's, there's people that love loggers and there's people that, you know, well, it's really, it's really (laughs) rare to find the the English mild lovers, but they're out there, you know, I mean, I'd say like, how do you, how do you do that though? Like as a, as a brewery, how do you, capture that that niche of a craft beer drinker but still fit into some kind of bigger picture and some bigger community and and how does that balance happen that's that's a that's a that's a really tough question and a really like broad question but well one thing that i found um just being as tiny and you know not having the huge aspirations of like spreading my beer everywhere you, know, you should spread it to Cincinnati for uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of those places that, you know, when I say I'm local, I want to be local. And, uh, you know, shipping heavy liquid all over the state, uh, it doesn't seem the most sustainable to me, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, I, I've found, like, there's a niche. Like, I don't think I'll ever be anywhere near as popular as Jackie is. Uh, I mean, not partly because I don't have the aspirations of uh, distributing. But, um, you know, my niches are not the hip kind of thing, but I have a very sustainable kind of growth. And, you know, people who find it and like it, like yourself, you want a good mild, you come to me and find a mild. Um, And I have those people that are pretty loyal because I do make the weird, not uh, common beers. And it's funny that we live in a world now where things like that have become the weird, hard to get beers. You know, it's... (laughs) The traditional um, beers are weird now. Yeah, so let's let's take a break, um, pay the bills, and we need to drink some beer, and we beer need to break. talk about some beer specifically. Let's. Um, we'll be right back. Cincy Brewcast. We are the voice of Cincy Craft. Um, I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest to be harvested. They're all out there and. and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't. You don't ever hear somebody say, "Yeah, I used to drink that crap, beer crap." But I, <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You are listening to Cincy Brickhouse, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. 
You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, Eight Ball, Braxton, and more. At just five bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across southwest Ohio and northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Municipal Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. So for anybody that's on Facebook, I think your feed is going to die very soon, so I'm very sorry, but uh, Monday, I get onto iTunes, get onto Google Play, get onto, I don't know, Stitcher, Spreaker, whatever your pod place of choice is, and download the show, because it sounds better when you download it, and you'll be able to hear the whole show. So um, we are back. We are at Jackie O's for Ohio Brew Week. We're talking with... Jackie O's, Little Fish, Devil's Kettle, and Rick Arman, the Ohio beer blogger. The, the from what I've heard from a lot of people, and I'll, I'll reserve my judgment, but the best beer blogger in Ohio. I, I think you're, you're you're up there, but he's, he's way two. up there. Maybe number two. <laughs> he's like the original beer blogger. He's definitely in Ohio. the OG. The OG I'm, for I'm, sure. I'm just a guy who I'm writes about guy. beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, Started a blog and didn't exactly. think anybody would read it. Well, it's you know for from 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 somebody who like 
came into this way later and just kind of is just desperately always just trying to make it work and trying to trying to justify it and stuff like it. Uh, I I appreciate seeing what you do and how you do it. And, Thanks. Uh, so thank you and don't stop. You know, I guess I guess I guess you don't have any plans of doing that. But um, we have beer in front of us now. We need normally we start our show drinking beer and we kind of messed up because. Um, this is kind of a chaotic, crammed in a short corner show, which I guess all of them tend to be anymore. But from the beer fridge, from the beer fridge, it's my favorite segment. Um, I haven't finished my other beer, so I can't. What are What are we drinking here? Uh, this is script. This is our Grisette that we just released today. That happens so. to be what's already in my glass. <laughs> no, we can refill it <laughs> then, convenient. my friend. Um, so tell us a little bit about the beer. Um, uh, it's a grisette, which is essentially just a industrial saison. Saisons are brewed for the farmhands. Grisettes are brewed for the miners. Um, the name script comes from the miners, as in mining, mm-hmm. or as in like my, no, for my li- little, little baby kids. Girl at home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jackie O's is really incredible. <laughs> thought about who that. I have threatened to send ER. to the mines a couple ER. times. <laughs> He's bre- they're breaking out here, brewing beers for little kids. <laughs> Hey, that's our niche, man. This beer is four and a half percent, so you know. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it was it was primary uh, ferment- fermentation with traditional saison yeast, and also our house uh, Brett C. And then after two months of stainless steel fermentation, it then went into wine casks for nine months, came out, and then it was bottle conditioned with champagne yeast, and K conditioned as well. So. That's what we're drinking right now. So four and a half percent. There's no beer souring bacteria. There is a nice uh, light tartness to this, uh, which comes from that Brett C kind of being stressed out and some nice tropical notes and some nice oak undertones. Well, I, I love that that Brett character in this. You know, you get that kind of floral, fruity kind of thing going on, and the funk. And yeah, thank you. It's good. delicious. Can I can I ask a question here? Sure. I, 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 mean, w- I want to ask these guys, girls. and I, I love like putting brewers on the spot, and I don't want some like wishy-washy answer. But if there's one beer that you make that you think defines your brewery, what do you think it is? Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, so for me, it's a very difficult question. I know, I know. You love them all. Well, blah, no, blah, no, blah, no. We've yeah. just made so many over the years. Um, but uh, I mean, if you look at what Jackie O's is now, um, it is Mystic Mama. Um, you know, that is a beer that I started brewing in 2009. Um, Sean and I actually worked uh, very uh, diligently on uh, really making it a heck of a lot better, uh, pulling out a lot of caramel malt, playing with a lot of different uh, hop combos and different hop varietals. Um, it's continued to evolve over the years, um, even as recent as three months ago, we uh, doubled the dry hopping amount on it. Um, but it's about 50 to 55% of our sales. Um, it's a beer I'm very proud of since you know we developed it so long ago. And uh, I, I really enjoy drinking it. So Was it Draft Magazine that just rated it in the it top like, 50? Or? It was top 50 for IPAs. I think, I think it was 46 or something. Yeah. But, you know... There's another beer like Dark Apparition, which I brewed in 2007, and that's been one that we've been, has been like this more, um, you know, beer enthusiasts 
know us for the dark apparition from years and years ago. It goes on and on. There's a lot of different things happening. But Mystic's what drives the company, and I'm very proud of that beer. And I and I love drinking the it. The backbone. Yeah. Are we going down the line? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so ours is definitely not our best seller. Um, and it's not even a recipe that I'm 100% done tinkering with yet. But um, but Saison du Poisson, which just means um, season of the fish, is a silly name, but... Uh, it's, it really embodies our two core principles, which are to brew farmhouse ales and to do so using local ingredients. So um, when we started brewing at Little Fish, uh, there, there weren't any Ohio malted grains available. So we were working on uh, trying to get Ohio unmalted or you know raw grains into our beers, and you know we did so by following the inspiration of a Belgian brewery that uses one-third of their saison is, uh, is raw spelt. And so I knew that spelt uh, grew well in Ohio. It's, it's kind of just a rustic sort of offshoot of the wheat family. Um, but I just um, I thought, hey, let's, let's start with that. That'll get us, you know, one of our core beers will have a significant amount of Ohio-grown ingredients in it. Um, well, luckily for us since then, um, well, you know, Ross Belt, um, it's, it's interesting, but at the percentages that we were using it at, I didn't feel like it made the best beer. Um, luckily for us, um, since then, uh, House Malts has opened in Cleveland, and um, we are sourcing, I would say, about probably close to 90% of our, all the malt we buy is through House Malts, and that's all Ohio-grown and Ohio-malted. Um, and they also are able to source spelt. So now we're able to use malted spelt. We're using Ohio, Ohio grown malted spelt and barley. And, um, I'm working towards getting that recipe, uh, on Ohio hops as well. I would say the Ohio hop industry is trailing a little bit behind the availability of, of malted barley, but it's catching up and, and there's some people doing some great work. So, you know, maybe over the next year, I'd like to continue to refine that recipe a bit. And also transition over to Ohio hops. And the Ohio hop growers open house isn't that coming up soon? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like the end of the month. Is it July twenty second? I think it's next. Uh, I think it's next right, Saturday. If I can remember it's, the email. Oh yeah, I you think can, it, I think it's tomorrow. You can probably. Is it? Are you talking about the Wondering Brew Week? No, no, there's, okay, there's a statewide. statewide one. I oh, think it's okay. July 22nd, next, next okay. Saturday. You can get on to uh, thegnarlygnome.com for all the information about that. Cool. Um, <laughs> well, they're, I know they're having a symposium um, tomorrow afternoon yes. at Little Fish yes. around like 1 or 2, um, which is like largely for members to meet and do some voting, but it's also open um, after that to the public and if people want to are interested in farming hops, well, and, those are the people you need to talk to. The more people that, that know about it, and if you are one of those people that has space in Ohio and you're looking to grow something different and something a little bit um, non-traditional that can can really shift things for an industry here in the state, you know, I, th- I think hops are, are right up there from the things you should probably look at. So um, everybody, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you can... If you can uh, grow them and produce a good product uh, you know I can guarantee you that there will be breweries that are interested in buying them from you. My, my favorite time of year is the fall for wet hopped beers I have developed some kind of really strange love for wet, hop, wet hopped beers and I, I can't explain it but um, having 
fresh hops from Ohio just kind of lifts that to this whole other thing. That, uh, it's fun. I'm I'm already getting excited about the fall thinking about it. So interesting. <laughs> it's it's. Does that mean you don't like them? They're just they're hard beers to make. Yeah, but, but they're delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Part of the, part of the difficult part of them is. Working with wet hops is just like pain in the it's ass. something that brewers only want to do. Once it doesn't a year. make sense. Yeah. And um, and I know that uh, Sean and I primarily use hops that are grown here in like Athens or surrounding areas, and, and they're not always the best hops, and like they always come out a little underwhelming. I can at, at, at least, and that's how I feel about right. the wet hop beers that that uh, we do at the uh, brew pub and those hops come off our farm so i guess i'm to blame on that one or you know or like i think i think there's you're definitely getting to a point i mean i wouldn't make any broad statements about what quality is better or not but like it's more of a tradition i think than than like are you going to get a better beer um honestly probably not like i mean those guys in yakima know what they're doing well and it's right there and they're really (laughs) Um, fresh i mean we could have hops from from Yakima overnighted to us and but I mean that's extremely expensive and you also kind of have to you gotta buy a lot of hops um, to even get into that group that's able to get them but know. there's and, and some of it is also probably of showing up at a brewery and the hop grower is there and they're tapping the beer and he's got fresh hops sitting there and you can smell the hops and you can tradition you know, again it, it kind of you know it experience gets, in, gets into that whole experience yeah, yeah. thing and and that's that, that is definitely part of what i love about it so well real quick story um i know we still need to move on to cameron here but last note on the on the fresh hop thing um like one of my i, I lived in portland for a couple of years and um one of my favorite things to do was um hood river is about an hour away from portland and they would have a fresh hop festival every fall and that's cool just the town of hood river is such a beautiful scenic town um it's it's in the mountains it's in it's in the columbia river gorge uh double mountain brewery and full sail are uh, are there and there's other breweries that have popped up since then that are fantastic um but you know just having those you know 20 or so breweries all lined up at a festival with their fresh hop beers being poured uh, yeah, some were some were better than others, but oh man, what a time! I mean, and, you know, camping out is just like just a perfect moment. I feel like Athens is a good place for a festival like that to take place in Ohio too. Yeah, why not? Just, just throwing it out there. Just get some great wet hops up here. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you know, I've talking to other breweries around. You know, like that. I've always kind of push like why why don't you use more local hops and the answer is always because nobody's got good local hops yet and i don't i don't, I don't know why it's that is there. but it's getting closer i mean osu closer. has a program where they're oh, they do. doing yeah. cultivars specifically designed not just to grow because hops grow everywhere but the quality is not quite as good and uh, osu is working on uh, cultivars that are designed to have quality product here in ohio so I think, a few years. I mean, it takes a yeah. while for hops. To, and and uh, we're and just to like oh I'm I'm sorry, Kevin, no, go I'm ahead. Uh, okay, so <laughs> uh, sorry, I just wanted to jump in and and really quickly like say some really good things about the the farmers that we're working with right now. I mean, I I there have been a few people that we have used and they sent us some hops that sucked and we didn't ha- we didn't use them again. <laughs> it happens. Um, but you know, you I, know I'd you say are. there's like. <laughs> 
Well, actually, no, I don't know. It, it, that's another story. The point is, <laughs> the point is that we're working with like three separate groups right now that are producing awesome hops, and um, the, I would say it's not a quality um, issue. Um, Consistency? It, it's no, it's more like a variety issue, um, and just being willing to work with like what you can get at the time. You know, I mean. You, you can't really contract for these things yet. I mean, so it's like, okay, what do you got? I got this. I got that. All right, I'll take this. I'll take that. Right. Those things are hard to do on a on a regular basis. To I mean, it's it's nice to be able to contract for hops and to right. say, I need. You know, I mean, I know Brad orders some hops in over ten thousand pounds per per variety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we don't do that, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it's still nice to contract hops. Got extra. <laughs> Got any Nelson? Something, let me know. Yeah, you need some Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about this game. Yeah, <laughs> we have. I actually got that goddamn Nelson. Hop. Good. Forty dollars a pound. <laughs> I don't. Oh. Want, I do not want Nelson that bad. Oh. Yeah. Well, I won't even talk about that one. It's Wait, worth it. We need know. to get to. Cameron was going to tell us about anyway. his uh, his favorite beer. Yeah, or, one one well, beer my, uh, that, that personifies the, the brewery. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I probably have to say it's the one that I've had kind of uh, a love-hate relationship with. Uh, it is my top seller. It is the Spider Silk. Uh, it's, uh, I would call it an Imperial Blonde Ale. It drinks really easy. It's light, but it's freaking 7%. Um, I think it kind of embodies it uh, because it, it embraces kind of all of the different traditions. It's got German Pilsner malt in it. It's got English hops, American hops. It's fermented with uh, English ale strain. Um, and yet it's really light and dry. Um, so it's pretty pretty unique amongst um, blonde ales. I have a lot of people who uh, I tell them it's like, all right, it's my top seller. So they'll throw it onto a flight sheet. And they often say stuff like, wow, I usually don't like blondes because they're bland. But this is really good. Um, it was always a beer that... I brewed it when I was a home brewer, and it was kind of my party beer. Uh, I would take it to a party, and that keg would just disappear before like any keg was even uh, half empty. Um, and I knew it was going to be successful. Um, it's not the beer that I drink, because as a brewer, I tend to drink more lower alcohol beers, so I could drink more, because uh, brewers like to drink more. Um, but I, I've kind Quantity. of come to yeah exactly. I've come to accept that you know what it's it's unique enough. It kind of embodies my um, use of ingredients from all over the world, um, and, and it's kind of a mixed traditional style that is a lot of what I do. So, speaking of your beer, you've got some stuff sitting in front of you that I want to talk about. Yeah, empty some glasses. Um, so you have, is this the only bottle that you've released up to now? Yeah, so far I've only released one bottle. Uh, I released this one like the week before Christmas. Um, it's an Imperial Black Ale. Uh, I would argue it's possibly uh, as dark as any beer in America. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I, it has such a lovely Dark name. like the soul of Satan. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I I hopped the hell out of it, which is kind of weird for a uh, barrel-aged beer. Um, and so I'm actually thinking that it's getting better with age. I think uh, it'll probably be better like, next Christmas. Um, so I have it out right now. Thank you. I've found like some bottles, the hops have dropped off. Other bottles, 
Uh, still a little bit hoppy, uh, which you know, bites a little bit. So we're going to hope that this is one of those bottles where uh, maybe by now, more consistently, the hops have dropped out. So the last bottle I had was quite good. It's barrel-aged? It is barrel-aged, yep. What What kind of barrels? Oh, God. Uh, probably, yeah. Woodford. Pro- Woodford. Probably, probably from Woodford, yeah. This might have been the first barrels I got from Brad, actually. That's what it's called. It's called Satan's Finest. Of course it is. Of course it is. (laughs) Yeah. You can appreciate the color of the head. It's still dark brown. I love the artwork on it, too. Yeah, my uh, my buddy and actually a bartender now, uh, Charlie Tuvel, who uh, apparently has uh, artwork in the bathrooms here at Jackie O's Tavern. Sure does. Um, yeah, he's a he's a magic. Did he just like he's, draw it on the wall? Or he's a crazy like... weirdo, but I love the hell out of that man, and his art is amazing. Silence while we all drink our beer. Oh, yeah, the hops have fallen off on this one. That's a good bottle. Oh, man, that's good. Coffee-like. Chocolate. Yeah. I feel bad that I didn't bring my wife this year. She would like this a lot. Sorry, honey. Very nice. Yeah, maybe because of the uh, the excessive hopping, it ages really well. Like, who knows? Maybe this bottle will be awesome in like a year from now. It's still good right now. Gosh, I really like this one. Well, I mean, this is a year old now, right? Uh, no, I uh, okay. bottled. I mean, I don't know when the hell I put it in the barrels. Um, well, yeah, I, I guess I thought you released it your first anniversary, but it was oh, no. December, right? Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, you know, I probably should have released it like early December, but I realized like the week before Christmas. So it's kind of like that late Christmas present. Like, hey, we got a bottle (laughs) you could actually buy. The the woodiness from the barrel comes through really nice instead of, you know, sometimes the the booze comes through more than anything else in this one. And and maybe it's the age, maybe it's... um, You get that nice woody, chocolatey kind of thing with a little bit of coffee thrown in there. It's this beer could kick like any barrel's ass. I mean, I still have this uh, <laughs> this beer on tap, um, just non-barrel aged as well, and you can still taste that. And uh, I mean, that's been stored cold the entire time, and so it still has some hops in it. Um, you know, it's probably in a barrel for freaking years. So uh, it's like a year and a half old. You know, nearly ten percent imperial black ale hop to hell. Um, it's it's a cool beer now as it starts to fade. Um, it's unique, that's yeah, for sure. I like it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like uh, some of the European imperial stouts, like the Molin and the Keller places that use. I don't know how you crafted this, but like a lot of black malt. Like, yeah, it's all Carafa Special Three. Yeah, um, deep, yeah a lot of deep bitter, deep they, uh, black malt. Yeah. You know the. It, it Maybe. gives it like that fruitiness too, like yeah. that, that acrid yeah. kind of sharpness. Um, but yeah, you can't get a, a head that color without using a ton. Of the manufacturer's website recommends not use up to five percent, and I use fifteen percent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I was going for ninety-seven. So the concept behind the base beer is ninety-seven Columbus. 
Uh, it was going to be uh, 97 IBUs, 97 SRM, 9.7 ABV. And, uh, Maybe you know, we should mention that that's your address. That's also my address. Yes. That's why <laughs> I, uh, Columbus yeah. in 1997. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, that's my 97. I'm the ocean. Peg my jeans. No, that's not the way it works. So the, uh, the 15% Carafa Special 3 only worked out to like 93 SRM. And I was like, I'm, I'm too scared to add any book more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it 97 SRM because who the hell is testing SRM? Um, <laughs> That's oh, freaking an important black. part of making a beer. It right? tastes like 97 SRM. <laughs> Hold it on angle. You can't even see through like the tip of it. It's, it's ridiculous. This beer. I can't. I drank all mine. Hang on. <laughs> no ruby highlights. No, there's not. Garnet edges. It's a fun beer. When I make that sound, it means I like something. <laughs> it's good. So we're we're at an hour ish. That's that's it for the show typically. But I got a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> why the hell not? Okay. Why, why the hell not? Cool. Yeah. Um, can we? That's a good idea. Can we? commend you guys. No, so we didn't talk about this at the top of the show, but last year we had a rule that the first person that dropped the F-bomb had to shotgun a very warm can of Dale's Pale Ale that had been rolling around in a trunk for three months. It was delicious. Um, <laughs> everybody was really good this year. Yeah, it's um, disappointing. I don't know. <laughs> Different vibe. I, we were brewing all day. And uh, well, it was kind of a collaboration brew, and uh, so so we brewed a, a kvass inspired beer, which is like a, a bread beer, like a fermented bread beard, bread beer, not bread beard, bread beer. Uh, with we brewed this beer with uh, with our friend Todd Boera from Fanta Flora Brewery in in uh, North Carolina, and so and and Brad came over, and and some beers were poured. You know, so I, th- I think my energy level is probably a little bit less than the last year <laughs> well, at this time. When, when I stopped into Devil's Kettle today, I was hiding in the corner. I don't think you saw me there, Cameron. You see but, me freaking out, um, like just running around. You were crazy. a little sweaty and tired. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I was freaking out until about 5 o'clock. Yeah. It's a last-minute rush. one of those weeks, God. I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, today was actually the least I've worked uh, this entire week. <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy. This was probably yeah, the busiest day, since, or busiest week since I've opened. I mean, the lead up to Brew Week is lead, like almost yeah. worse than. Brew I'm, uh, week. I'm looking forward to Brew Week. Like this is gonna be <laughs> chill. All I gotta do is bartend, like help uh, the bartenders, and you know, speak at events. Like I'll probably do like one brew over the course of the week. Um, but you know, I'm I'm not working in the brewery really this week. I'm just saying, uh, you know, the face. Uh, the face. I like that. Really, all I'm doing this week. <laughs> He's just a pretty face. <laughs> I want to say pretty. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you want a script script rinse? Yeah, that's a good rinse beer. Script rinse. Script rinse. Well, I had this over here. Uh, yeah, I have multiple glasses. I'm good. 
Um, so, uh, Mr. Gnome, uh, I don't know if you remember, but we we cracked the uh, first batch of Sunfish. I remember very much. Yeah, so that was a year ago. And I drank this one today. In Did the you? Room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, flavor-wise, it's it's a teeny bit different. But um, so so the lead up to this beer, uh, Sunfish is a barrel-aged saison. Uh, we, we use wine barrels and age with like mixed cultures, Brett and some lactic acid-producing bacteria. But it's a barrel-aged saison with wheat and honey. Um, when we first released Sunfish, it was kind of a, the concept of like. Let's make a beer that sort of embodies, um, you know, the idea of the sun, and um, and, and we're going to try to get some seed money for our solar panels right. um, by the by the sales of this beer. So, um, and, and the money that we raised for the solar panels wasn't just through that; it's also through loans and grants. But um, it's it's just kind of cool. I mean, a year ago we talked about this. Uh, we thought the solar panels were coming sooner than that. Um, you know, like loan loan uh, paperwork and all that kind of stuff takes a long time. Right. But we got there. And uh, just so happened um, that that this beer ended up being ready, you know, about the exact same time the next year. So this is batch two. Um, so uh, I, it's about seven percent alcohol. Most of the ingredients are um, are from Ohio. Um, other than let's crack that open. I mean, yeah, I, I sorry, like, dude. I like hearing the description. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, oh, I was. I don't. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I was waiting to drink my script rinse. It tastes weird. <laughs> It's kind yeah. of gray. They're not. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I blend these necessarily. It really is an interesting color. Awful blend. <laughs> so but, I listened to last year's podcast. Uh, oh, it was this a t- week. Just it was to a, remind myself. It was of a that, bad show. Uh, truck wreck. That I'm. Happened. I'm very sorry. Uh, so thank you. And uh, I remember when it came to the sunfish, uh, it was batch B zero zero boob yeah. batch boob. I, I listened to it yesterday that too. That was so. uh, after I shotgun uh, <laughs> Dale's pale ale, and uh, my filter was gone at that point. So we should explain <laughs> to we should you know last year that's good. Um, last year's brew week show was the very first solo gnome brewcast um, at the start of. The craziest, most hectic, most tragic um, stretch that the show has seen. And um, I was a little stressed. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I never led the show. I always kind of sat off to the side, just basically running sound and chiming in in appropriate parts. So um, last year's was, like you said, a a truck wreck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for a lot of different reasons, um, oh, we had a great time. It was it was oh, a was it was a really fun show. Other than my wife, who was pregnant at the time, driving me around all day and me freaking out all day trying to figure out how we were going to do a show. I think we stopped at a sidewalk sale to buy headphones. We were gathering equipment. It was it was terrible. So um, hopefully the show sounds a little better and feels You're a little doing better. Great. No, I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm good this year. <laughs> I was in last, last year was year, bad. Was... So. Yeah, um, it was in Asheville. My the wicked uh, weed punk, punk yeah. invitational. Well, Seth Seth did fantastic. Yeah. Three sell out. I've never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, you know, we gotta gotta mention um, uh, Mike, the uh, the um, the force behind what started the show, and um, 
raise a glass. Yeah, yeah raise a glass. Yes. You know, we would we would never be in Athens if it wasn't for him and his Bobcat family insisting we did shows in Athens. And um, I'm ever grateful that that we are. And, um, I nice to have you. Somebody say something happy now because it's a very sad topic. I like this beer. I think it's pretty yeah. great. I haven't tried it yet. Well, I've, yeah. I haven't tried it right now yet. Um, well, give it a shot. Yeah. Talk about it. Um, hey, Sean, well, why don't you tell us about this beer again? No, talk about life and death, man. Talk about the actual. Talk about what I'm what I'm tasting. Um, well, dropping f bomb So you know, how many um, sunfishes were used in making this beer? How many sunfishes? Uh, smell the sunfish. Are in the <laughs> just the uh, just the art model, or is that the, the clarification? Yeah, there was bladders yeah. from. 60 something. <laughs> you can really get it in the aroma too. I mean, they're clearly local. Um, you know, Hawking River. Yeah, forage from from Dow Lake. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, you guys tell me, but I, I think it ended up um, more citrusy. Um, we've done a couple things. Um, we dry hopped with uh, Cascade this time because. I had it, and it was Ohio, and I was like, let's do that, and so we did that. Um, we have started um, bottle, conditioning, bottle conditioning the farmhouse ales. We used to use a champagne yeast, and I've been switching to using our, uh, our farmhouse blend, which contains Cezanne yeast and Brett, and I think we definitely get some more citrus um, just through bottle conditioning alone. Um, I don't know. Other brewers have their opinions. I think it definitely makes a difference, like what you see bottle condition with. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and I mean, who knows? It might show some more of that. Like last last time, it had a little bit more of that classic, like Brett Bruck sort of um, leathery sort of Orval kind of nuance. Um, it hasn't shown up quite yet in this beer, but um, you know, uh, it still hasn't been in the bottle that long. So we'll see. It it finishes real clean though. Like it's got a lot of that that. Almost bready kind of um, uh, fruitiness right at the beginning, but then it just kind of drops off really fast and doesn't doesn't hang on for too long. It's, it's yeah, good. I mean, it's, it's refreshing. It's dry and it has some acidity for sure. The, um, the aroma has like a, like a coriander note, maybe even yeah. like a very light cumin, like spiciness to it. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm picking up on at least. But I don't really find that much in the flavor. The flavor is more kind of fruity. Uh, and then yeah, finish yeah. nice and clean, and it, with that like light kind of like citric twang. It it does make me think of um, the food that this would go really good with, and you mentioned that cumin thing, and it would go really good with, you know, barbecue and things like, like that. Something yeah. that kind Even of some curries or yeah, quality yeah. food. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think like the the saisons are just so versatile for foods. I mean, it could be barbecue, or it could almost be like. Uh, a salad or like a, a plate of like wonderful breads, cheeses, and you know house-made pickles. Or so. I mean, it's it's that saisons are that diverse when it comes to food uh, pairings. I think like the dryness of them is what's essential to that. Thing. Mm-hmm. And and like the really diverse, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really diverse food beers are typically very dry. And, you know, that like lack of sugar is what helps them, right. you know, interact so well with so many different types of food. Well, so so that's this beer. Well done. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thanks. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's this beer. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys want people to know about you guys individually, about Athens as a whole, about Ohio as a whole? Because, you know, this, this week is kind of about the whole state, kind of. Um, so wait, how, do, how do we wrap this all up? How do you... How do you put this in a nice little package? And um, I guess I'll kick it off. Uh, I came to Athens in 2001 as a freshman at Ohio University. Fell in love with with the town. Uh, fell in love with a brew pub called Ohulis, which started in 1996 here in Athens. Uh, started working there when I was 21 and started home brewing at that time. And... Then, uh, two days after graduating with my creative writing degree, I brewed my first all-grain batch on a seven-barrel system under Jackie O's. And, uh, and I never wanted to leave, and I feel uh, very uh, fortunate that I get to do what I do in a town that I love with people that I love. And, uh, and I don't take that lightly. And... Um, so we try to put our best foot forward always because uh, we are. My, I'm very fortunate, and, and hopefully um, our staff, you know, kind of shares that sentiment. But uh, we want to make beer with our friends and die, and uh, and and that is that is my ultimate goal. So uh, each beer, hopefully, you know, has a, a very intentional purpose and end goal, and we strive to make the best beer that we can, and uh, so that we can all just enjoy this beautiful town that we live in, and and also our individual company. So absolutely, um, yeah, passion is a huge part of this beer. I'm tearing um, up <laughs> over here. I've done it to people before. <laughs> I, but uh, beer can make you cry. I yeah. tear up every time I drink a dark apparition for the record. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But that is like that is the heart of the company and uh and if this town wasn't here and wasn't as awesome and inspiring and kind of whimsical as it was, Jackie O's wouldn't exist. Um when when Art and I started this back in December of two thousand five, we didn't realize it, but we started it so that we didn't have to leave. And and hopefully we don't ever have to. And hopefully this I is think the vehicle good. for that. I think yeah. you're all right. So. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Really, really well said, Brad. I mean, thanks, Sean. Yeah. Um, so I was going to say, I w- question for you: Was Ohio Brew Week already going when Jackie started, or was we it had after? we had I think two beers on draft. <laughs> I think it, it was June. It was June of two thousand or July of two thousand six. Yeah, it's like twelve. It was. It was like my first two batches. So, or maybe three. I don't know. I had like shit. I this don't is know. The, this is the twelfth year for Brew Week. I know that. Yeah, You're coming up on your twelfth. So it's close. It was. Yeah. Or, I know it was involved in the first one. Yeah, but we didn't brew until June of 2006. But if you go, like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> that was a tough <laughs> question. Yeah. Year math. I'm year awful math. At, at year math. But, um, 
but I want to say that we did have beers on draft because it was, it was batch boob. It was definitely batch boob. Yeah. That was on <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember like working with John Sparhawk and and helping out with that, and especially in those early years, having tons of events and like I would like I got some of the keynote speakers and. Um, I was never on like the board of directors or anything like that, but you know, for a long time, well, you know, you go from '96 till two years ago, and Ohulis or Jackios was the only game in town, and that's that's a it's a weird thing, you know. Like for three years, I didn't have anybody helping me, so it was like just vacuum, right? You know, and I hadn't even done an all grain batch. <laughs> I, mean, oh, wow. I mean, it was it was Wild West, and I, yeah. I'm sure I made you know batches upon batches of probably bad beer, but I didn't know, and nobody else really quote knew. unquote bad beer. It's <laughs> but we figured it out. But well, it's amazing to watch everything grow, and I'm I'm honored to be a part of it. Uh, as well, am I? I am. Am I? I don't know. Uh, but I, I think it like it kind of gets to the reason I asked that question was um, because to think back to that time when Ohio Brew Week was conceptualized, I mean, there was a brewery here, but it wasn't really just about getting people to drink Athens brewed beer. It was about getting people to come to Athens and getting to experience Athens in this climate of craft beer. And also to spend to spend money here because students were gone. So this is one of the most like economically dry points of our year. And it was it was created to give this like this boost into the economy. And not only for, for bars or the one brewery here, but also hotels, gas stations, restaurants, all the shops uptown everything just trying to get people to come and visit and experience Athens but also to, to, to help Athens yeah. and you look at it now and hotels are sold out you know the tap room is never this full you know especially well sometimes it's this full I'm selling it short there and I forgot <laughs> it's been a busy beer. week I, I forgot it was Friday but uh but you know but it's gonna be it's consistent and this is this is our biggest year of the week, and I know that um, I don't know if that works for you Absolutely. guys. Absolutely, but um, and I know that a lot of a lot of places here that are not even alcohol related appreciate what happens during this week. Right. And, yeah. 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 And I mean, hills. I mean, well, you you, you walk downtown and the sidewalk sales and stuff like that. Like there's there's things that are happening yeah. because of Brew Week. It's not. Yeah, and and this area of the state um just you know athens is athens city is doing pretty all right but like this area of the state needs all the economic help that it can get and that was something that i wasn't even growing up here i was a little bit insulated living in athens but um i i learned even more over the recent years and and looking at some economic figures that 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 this southeast ohio appalachian ohio is the most economically behind area of the state so um you know things like this you know really matter for the local economy they really do and you know that's that's one thing that you know just jackio's has been just like 
just like a, a huge positive uh, influence on, on the local economy. Just think about the people that travel to Jackie O's or buy Jackie O's beer in other cities, you know. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's great to see that it's happening. I love to see that people are coming to Athens and seeing it in its wholeness. I think it kind of loops back to, like, what you were talking about before, about, um, you know, the stories of the beer. Like, all of our beers that we make, they're all... Um, sort of codependent on on the app on on the where they're actually brewed and and you know like we want people to come to little fish and and drink our beers in the vi- in the environment that it's they just, are made it's not, it's not just where it's it's why and sure. how and the people around it, the, the person that's pouring the like there's so much that goes into the beer that i, I just i feel like gets lost a lot with this current culture of beer nerdism and untapped and things and like I just I feel like it's I feel like we're we're missing something as as a whole that a week like this gives you a chance to go somewhere and to sit down and just be beer, you know, it's, like it it's one of the rare uh, state fests that only features beers that are made in the state. Right. You but I go mean anywhere it, else. Yeah. And and this is uh, unique here too because Obviously, the beers are spread out. I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah, For you to move, you've got a bar you, hop. You've, you've got, got a bar hop. You've got to go to different restaurants. You've got to economic. And and that's what I found like years ago when I first came here. It was. It, we don't it have was, one big fest. I mean, we had right. the end of the week one, but like, you can't walk into a giant, you know, ten thousand square foot room right. and try every beer in Ohio in four hours. I mean, we only have yeah. two each on uh, last call. Like, yeah, come on. Like, yeah. Most places are bringing four, six, eight. We're all rocking 20 or so or plus. But, I mean, the, the ability, too, to walk into, you know, what you'd say is a townie bar and have a couple of beers from a brewery from Toledo yeah. and then walk into what you would consider a uh, college bar where it's all college kids where they look at me and they're like, Who, who's the old man who walked in here? And tries, orientation week. Yeah. yeah. Wait, look how tiny his crystal? beers are. <laughs> look, look, what, what does he teach? But He's I mean, got like 10 tiny beers in front of him. <laughs> and I, I mean, so that's, that's different. You don't find that anywhere else. So, I mean, I would, I would encourage people to just come to Athens and experience the week. Personally, I love coming here during the week as opposed to the weekend yeah. oh, because yeah. I, I'm a loner and I hate it's people. It's a little crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't want to see anybody else. I just want to <laughs> live in my own little world. So uh, if you come during the week, it, it is a little bit slower, and you get that more personal attention too. Um, but it, it it's a phenomenal week to come. Yep. Cheers to that. I'll just follow up on uh, what everyone else said before. Um, you know what Brad said about you know coming here and not ever wanting to leave. I came from uh, Oakland, California. I have so many people that are like, why the hell would you leave the Bay Area to come to Athens? And once they, like, my friends who have actually visited me all recognize, like, holy crap. If there was a job in my field, you know, there's not that many jobs here. Uh, but if there was, like, they all understand, like, why I want to live here. And I created this job that, you know, really embraces... You know, what Athens is all about and the local creativity and all of that. 
Um, so, you know, you know, come to Athens for Ohio Brew Week. I don't think you could find a better three breweries in a four-mile radius anywhere in the state. Uh, and that's one of the special things about Brew Week. But you can also get to try all the other breweries because they all come down here. And, uh, you know, it's awesome. It's the best time of the year in Athens. It is. I, I wish I could make it over here more than I do. Um, but I, I there's, there's no straight shot from Cincinnati. I, but I, I, this there's no straight shot from anywhere in the state. <laughs> yeah, well, Columbus is pretty straight <laughs> these days. Yeah, but that's it's also kind of part of what makes it so wonderful, though. Too is that right. you feel it, it, it's not like just driving, you know, to Columbus. Everybody in Ohio can drive to Columbus and and do some kind of a week. It, it's very different. Like it takes you away from everything, and it's this own little like little pocket of of. That's why something. It's just that's why we don't want to leave. Does it make sense? <laughs> Nothing makes sense in Athens, but it all makes perfect sense. Like it just, I this I I treasure this weekend, and um, we're gonna keep doing it for as long as Athens will let me in. So we'll keep brewing beers and putting up solar panels. That's what we do. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know the solar panels are great, but just keep making beer. That's that's, that's oh, my man, concern. That's the first thing I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't thank. The, the four of you guys enough for sitting down and, and drinking some beer with me and talking about beer with me. It's um, it's, it's special and it's something that I'm sorry to everybody in Cincinnati, but they can't hold a candle to this this community and what it what it's doing together and for um, for craft beer in Ohio. Like it's it's you guys are doing something special here. Whether you really get it or not, I I, I don't I don't know yet, but. Um, it's it's pretty awesome, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, yes, thank you very much. Of course. Rick, thank you very much. Um, I look forward to getting my hands on the book and reading it. And, um, so do I. And, uh, <laughs> Wait, and they're not here? That, you know what? Look at this. He's I got, got an advanced copy. Black and white pictures. Black and white, though. It's going to be in color. I can't. Blind, I can't so wait to, to blow it up online and tell you all the beers that you missed. In 1995. 50, uh... No, you know what? Yeah, you will because I mean, I'm sure that it's going to spark a lot of. Are there uh, beers in there that aren't made anymore? No, fortunately, okay. there were a couple that I had to scratch you out because scra- yeah. they weren't being made anymore. One of my so-called uh, recommended beers is not made anymore. Well, I might. I'm, maybe I could get him to scratch it out. It's been about your rename. That's actually, that's when when you buy the book, submit your email address, that's and then true. every time something changes, you can get an email that says, "Hey, scratch this one out and replace yeah, it." Yeah, I know. That's fine. I want everybody to recommend the beer if that wasn't. Uh, yeah, I don't you want them to come in and ask for it? Damn straight, I do. <laughs> it's one of my favorites, but nobody bought it. Everybody. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I don't think Facebook is still live, but we are, <laughs> and uh, we're in Athens. This will be up on Monday if you're still listening live. Thank you to the entire panel, um, Brad, Sean, Cameron, Brick. Did, did he say the F word? Did we get an F word at the very end of the show? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hear did you drop the F bomb? Oh, alright, alright, alright. We made it for the entire show without the F bomb. Thank you everybody very much. Since you broadcast the case is since you crashed.